You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and live online all around the world at WRST.org. Good evening. It's 5 o'clock. Welcome to Week in Review. Week in Review is an hour news magazine that looks at events happening on the UW Oshkosh campus, the city of Oshkosh, the greater Winnebago area, the latest weather forecast from the National Weather Service, along with state and national news. Week in Review can be heard every Friday from 5 until 6 on 90.3 WRSTFM Oshkosh. Week in Review begins now with the latest from Feature Story News. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. The latest data from Britain shows that booster shots are essential in preventing cases of the Omicron variant of COVID-19. Research by the UK Health Security Agency shows two jabs of the existing vaccines offered by Pfizer and AstraZeneca offer only very limited protection, but the booster raises protection levels as high as 75%. While most cases of the Omicron variant are currently mild in impact, it is much more transmissible than the Delta variant. Sally Cutler is a professor of microbiology at East London University. It's twice, if not thrice, as infectious as Delta. And we thought Delta was bad enough. And that's been sort of going through the British population. And now we're looking at something that's two or three times as infectious, at least. And if that data gathered in Britain holds up to further scrutiny, it could pose a huge economic problem for the United States, where 40% of eligible people still have not had a second shot of COVID-19 vaccine, much less a booster. New figures in the United States show prices in the country rising at their fastest rate since 1982. It puts more pressure on the Federal Reserve to take action to counter inflation. From FSN's business desk in New York, Sarah Walton reports. The consumer price index for November revealed a 6.8% increase in the cost of goods in the U.S. over the last year. That's the fastest increase for 39 years. Discounting food and fuel, some of people's biggest spending outgoings, inflation rose by 4.9%. The data is being closely watched by the Federal Reserve, which is due to meet next week. Officials have indicated they'll begin easing off measures brought in to support the economy during the pandemic in order to counter inflation. Sarah Walton, New York. The US Supreme Court has ruled abortion providers can challenge a controversial Texas abortion law, but the justices refused to block it in the meantime. FSN's US correspondent Rachel Silverman has more. The Supreme Court ruling is both a victory for and a disappointment to supporters of abortion rights. They had hoped the court would reverse course from a ruling on September 1st, which had allowed the law to go into effect. The Texas law empowers private citizens to sue anyone who aids or abets an abortion after the detection of a fetal heartbeat. Sad news today from the world of entertainment. Michael Nesmith of The Monkees has died at the age of 78. The group was literally made for TV. Stars of a hugely popular program in the late 1960s seen worldwide. At one point, they sold more records than The Beatles. Michael Nesmith went on to have a solo music career, and he directed films and, of course, music videos. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN.
With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, remembering former Republican presidential candidate Bob Dole. He died last weekend at the age of 98. His body has been lying in state at the U.S. Capitol building. President Biden saying on Thursday that the former senator from Kansas was a giant of American history, a wartime hero who became one of the country's greatest patriots. In November 1996, on the night he lost his effort to unseat Bill Clinton from the White House, Bob Dole conceded defeat with these words to his supporters. I was thinking on the way down the elevator, tomorrow will be the first time in my life I don't have anything to do. <laughs> Let me say that I've, I've talked to President Clinton. We had a good visit and I congratulated him. And I've said... Th- no, I've said repeatedly... Wait... I have said repeatedly in this campaign that the president is my opponent, not my enemy, and I wish him well and I pledge my support in whatever advances the cause of a better America. Is that what the race was about? the first place. Bob Dole's death has reminded America of an earlier time in politics when Democrats and Republicans could work together. But in that crowd on that 1996 night, you could definitely get a sense of what was to come. The main news again, the latest data from the UK shows booster shots are essential in preventing cases of the Omicron variant of COVID-19. New figures show US prices rising at their fastest rate since 1982. The US Supreme Court will allow abortion providers to challenge a controversial law in Texas. And Michael Nesmith of the Monkees has died at the age of 78. There's more from us on Twitter at Feature Story. And that is the latest Feature Story news. Simon Marks reporting. Good evening and welcome to Week in Review on your Friday, December 10th. I'm News Director Chandler Brindley. This will be our final Week in Review of the semester here at UW Oshkosh as next week brings us Finals Week. So we'll jump right into it with our feature story this evening. A biology professor right here on the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh campus is part of a team that is studying invasive rock snot algae near the shore of Lake Superior. Dylan Eckert has more. Robert Pillsbury, an aquatic ecologist and biology professor at UWO, has spent several years monitoring a type of algae called didymo, also known as rock snot, in and around Minnesota's north shore of Lake Superior. According to Shane Nyman of UWO Today, rock snot has been labeled a, quote, well-behaved alga in Lake Superior for decades, But in 2018, the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources found it for the first time in a North Shore stream in Lutzen, Minnesota. In September, the team that included Pillsbury observed 22 rivers between the Duluth and Canadian border, finding that seven of those rivers contained Didymo. Pillsbury said that this work is important because algae and bacteria are the base of the food chain in aquatic systems, and if changes begin to occur, there could be ripple effects further up the chain. According to Nyman, the observations will continue over the next year. Using collections from around North America, DNA analysis will inform whether the nuisance populations in these Minnesota rivers are local strains affected by changing conditions, or whether they are non-native and were introduced from other regions. For WRST News, I'm Dylan Eck. After much deliberation, especially from the Green Bay community, Quick Trip is removing prepay at the pump to help handle the issue of gas drive-offs. Bryce Kalaki reports. In an article recently put out by WBay-TV, Quick Trip will now be requiring drivers to prepay for gas starting next year on January 3rd. 
This is being brought about in an attempt to eliminate gas drive-offs and help alleviate the workload on police departments and allow officers to focus on work in neighborhoods and provide better emergency response times. The City of Green Bay has previously attempted to pass an ordinance to make gas stations require prepay, but many gas stations argued it would hurt walk-in sales. The Green Bay Police were already treating gas drive-offs as low priority due to the high frequency of incidents. Quick Trip released a statement to Action 2 News recently that helps explain why the change was being made. We are moving to prepay to improve our guest service. Our coworkers spend so much time watching the fuel islands for drive-offs, they can't focus solely on the guests in the stores. Captain Allen of the Green Bay Police Department said, I think it will eliminate a lot of work internally for the businesses and certainly will eliminate a lot of work for us as well. Reporting for Week in Review, I'm Bryce Kolacki. Thanks, Bryce. The Polar Express is back after a hiatus and a break in 2020. In Ishwabanan, Dylan Herring reports. As reported by Fox11.com, the Polar Express is back this year after taking a break last year because of COVID. Jacqueline Frank, CEO of National Railroad Museum in Ashwabanon, said she and her team are happy to bring the community back together. As the coronavirus pandemic continues, heightened by the discovery of the new Omicron variant, Frank says the museum is taking some precautionary measures. We do require masks on the train and in the buildings, said Frank. We've been trying to keep a lot of things similar as long as we're observing some social distance and making sure that we're covered up. We're trying to provide the same experience. Some popular merchandise will be limited because of the shortages in the supply chain. Reporting for Week in Review, I'm Dylan Harris. Thank you, Dylan. The Oshkosh Public Library is accepting donations for the winter weather. Emma Gatz reports. According to WFRV-TV, the Oshkosh Public Library needs donations for the local kids and veterans for the winter weather approaching. The library is collecting mittens, hats, and scarves for kids. And for veterans, they are collecting insulated hats and gloves, vinyl gloves, hairbrushes and combs, individual manicure sets, deodorant, tissues, sleeping bags, long underwear, and backpacks. The Veterans Donation Program runs through Operation Waverly, which is part of the White Christmas exhibit at the Public Museum, and it focuses on assisting and donating items to the veterans in Oshkosh. If you are looking to donate for the local kids, these donations can be placed on the mitten tree in the Children's Department of the Library by December 15th. If you are looking to donate for the veterans, you can drop off your items at the Oshkosh Public Museum or the Oshkosh Public Library, which goes until January 23rd. For more information or any questions, call 920-236-5763. Reporting for Week in Review, I'm Emma Getz. Oshkosh is now making up the Multicultural Education Center for a better safe space. Here's Dominic Lee. Byron Adams. The Director of Educational Support Services in the Division of Academic Support of Inclusive Excellence, ASIE, talks about his time at Oshkosh in the MED building. He states, Having a space on campus where you can interact with other students of color was comforting. During my undergrad, the MEC was that space. Recently, however, the building hasn't been getting much love and attention. So, they have assembled a team to help fix up the MEC building a bit. Carlos Salazar, the University's Director of Intercultural Engagement, Demir Grady, Associate Vice Chancellor of Inclusive Excellence and University Diversity Officer, and Nicholas Mexton, who started in October as Coordinator of Indigenous Support and Wellness, will be a part of this group. This group wants to give people a space where they can be educated, safe, and overall focus on attention of diversity. In fact, the Campus Center for Equity and Diversity is now moved to the second floor of the MEC. They state that having a support system is crucial, considering this building will be open for all people. Reporting for Week in Review, I'm Dominic Lee. 
As stated on UW Oshkosh today, UWO's 150-year sesquicentennial anniversary will end with one last day of celebration. Saturday, December 18th, marks the mid-year graduation day with more than 1,000 students commencing in two ceremonies from the Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, and Fox Cities campuses, making this the university's 57th mid-year commencement. The two graduation ceremonies will take place in Colf Sports Center on the Oshkosh campus, with the first at 9 a.m. and the other at 2 p.m. A total of 99 associate degrees, 754 bachelor's degrees, 183 master's degrees, and five doctoral degrees will be handed out. The 9 a.m. ceremony will feature senior vocal performance major Abby Shreve of Kenosha singing the national anthem, student speaker Amber Rago, a public relations major from Menominee, Michigan, and faculty speaker Christy Wilcom, an associate professor in communication studies at the Fond du Lac campus. The 2 p.m. ceremony will include nursing major Pamela Fleming of South Milwaukee, serving as the student speaker for the afternoon ceremony and the awarding of an honorary doctorate to UWO alumnus Gerald Whitburn, class of 1966 of Wausau. Both ceremonies will be live streamed online at uwosh.edu forward slash commencement forward slash live stream forward slash. As first reported by WGBA-TV, the Winnebago County Sheriff's Office announced Tuesday that the remains of a man killed in 2015 have been identified. The identified remains of the body are those of Ronald D. Klug of Oshkosh. The remains of the body of the man born in 1949 were found near the railroad tracks on County Road GG in the town of Vinland, according to the Winnebago County Sheriff's Department. It was not stated how Klug died, but the remains were found and identified with assistance from Ortham Incorporated, a private DNA lab in the state of Texas, which used forensic-grade genome sequencing. The Winnebago County Sheriff's Office stated that we would like to thank the Winnebago County Coroner's Office, Orthrum Incorporated, Dr. Jordan Karsten at UW Oshkosh for their help in identifying Mr. Klug. There has not been any other information released regarding the identification at this time. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Week in Review. As we wrap up the end of the fall semester here at UW Oshkosh, with this being our final show of the semester, we hope that you will join us next semester, Friday evenings from 5 to 6 p.m., right here on 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh and WRST.org. From all of us here at WRST-FM and the radio TV film program, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.